Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Each podcast is themed and I interview and ask questions from a specialist who's also the owner of a small business, just like us. If you're a business owner of a micro business, then I hope that this sparks your thinking, answers some questions that you may have, and that you get some tips on the subject that helps you move your business forwards. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast. I very much enjoyed recording it. Hello and welcome to another exciting podcast of Boardroom Buddies. So I'm absolutely thrilled this week to introduce our accomplished guest, She's been a force in the legal world since 2004 and worked at some of the largest corporate law firms, representing a diverse range of clients from individuals to small business through to multinationals. But it was a pivotal moment in 2015 that compelled her to reevaluate her own values and priorities and to move away from climbing the corporate ladder. And it set her on that transformative journey of starting her business. She felt that there was a better way to work with clients. And so she set out to nurture client relationships, guide them through the legal journey and show the human face of being a solicitor first and aiming to change the game in the legal profession. She is founder of the innovative law firm Hooper Hyde, a boutique commercial law firm for business. Catherine is also a podcaster at the Hide and Speak podcast and is soon to launch a new service for clients called Launch Legal, which I will ask her about shortly. In 2022, she was listed as one of the Telegraph and the NatWest 100 female entrepreneurs to watch. She's delivered workshops and on the 18th of September, so that's next week, we'll be emceeing at the Circle Networks live event in Birmingham. Outside of work, Catherine is a wife and a mom, as well as a business owner, and she loves to travel and spend time with the family. And she's on a mission to simplify and humanise the legal experience for people just like you and me. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Catherine Hyde, to the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us. Well, loads of questions come up from that. Uh, so, <laughs> right, that's a I, lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess the first one is how or what prompted you to start the business? Yeah. It's a bit of a a journey, I think. I obviously worked in the profession for a number of years. Like you said, I've been in the legal profession since 2004, so coming up to 20 years, which is just mind-blowing. How am I that old? But, you know, had a great career, early career. I'm really grateful for the firms that I worked for. But a couple of things happened. I think I'd started to get to a point in my career where I needed really to think about whether or not I was going to become a partner of a firm and what that firm might look like. And I could never really find something. And I think this was a subconscious thing at the time, but I couldn't really find a firm that fit with my values. So never really had a role anywhere that inspired me to take that next step. Yeah. Obviously, 2015, my mum had been ill for a long time, kind of seven years with a degenerative brain disease. 2015, she passed away. I'd had one of my two daughters I found out I was pregnant the day my mum died with my second daughter yeah and I just you know that whole experience I think of losing a parent 
just made me reevaluate what I cared about. And I just got to a point where I thought, I don't really care about your billing targets and your chargeable hours targets and filling in your forms to justify my existence. Mm -hmm. And, and it just didn't really, it doesn't really resonate with me anymore. So at that point, I, what happened in 2015, I was still working in the legal profession, actually. Mm -hmm. So I, I went and worked for a high street firm thinking maybe having been in really corporate firms, maybe high street was the way to go. But again, it just didn't really, Mm. it just didn't really sit right because there were so many things that the firms were doing in relation to how legal advice was being delivered, the ways we were interacting with clients, how clunky the whole journey and the whole experience felt. And again, had two small children, couldn't navigate my way around having this really high pressured, stressful job and a small family. And, you know, having been through that whole grieving process with my mum and my dad actually starting to become ill, you know, so lots of kind of personal stuff in the mix. So I went self-employed in 2018 Mm. thinking maybe this is the answer because then you get the flexibility and the autonomy over who you work with and that kind of thing. And that was great. Did that for three years, but then still, you know, I was still beholden to other people's processes, how, what their client onboarding experience was and all of Mm. that stuff and someone actually just said to me Catherine why are you not doing this for yourself right you're self-employed so you know you've already had a little bit of an insight into what it would be like you know I had to find my own clients I had to network and business develop already so yeah so I just kind of went actually I'm never or at least I wasn't aware at the time of there being a firm that had the kinds of values that I wanted it to have mm. that I could join. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to build this for myself, aren't I? You know, if this is something I want and feel really compelled with no basis for it, but really compelled to create because I feel like it's what the profession needs. Yeah. I, had, I had no idea if it was actually true or not, but I just felt instinctively that was the right thing to do. But it was so, what you wanted it yeah, to be like, wasn't it? Exactly. It was what yeah. I think I needed at the point in my life that I had all this stuff going on. Yeah. You know, that I needed the flexibility and to not feel mm-hmm. a sense of guilt that I was letting my employer down or yeah. sense of guilt that I was letting my children down because I wasn't there. And, you know, and from a client perspective, everything, everything about the experience was the opposite of what I believed in. So for me, Mm. I never want a client to feel like they don't understand something. Mm. I want a client to feel empowered because ultimately I'm here to bridge the gap between what the law says and what the client's outcome is. And if I'm not doing that to the extent that the client understands, I'm not doing my job very well. But we were falling down at the first hurdle because we're saying we help clients bridge that gap, but then we're sending you a 16-page engagement letter that's absolutely baffling. And most people either don't read it because they can't be bothered or they don't read it because it's too long and they don't understand it. Well, we're falling down at the first hurdle. So Mm. simple things like that for me were I needed to change it Mm. because it wasn't, you know, we were talking about, you know, being communicative and, yeah. we're all about words and yet we were we're not communicating in a way that people understand no. and it, there were small things like that that I just went right these are the things that I want to change and, and I had no idea if that was the right decision in any way shape or form it just felt like the right one yeah well 
I've looked at some of your testimonials <laughs> and you're yeah. not alone in that thinking. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. clients are, are giving you some great testimonials because it's exactly what they want. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the issues when we kind of engage with the law practice is they, like you say, they send that huge contract and yep. T's and C's and all that kind of thing. And you've contacted a lawyer generally as a last minute. Mm. Oh my God, I need something quickly doing. And, you know, and then you get this, all this document to read and it's yeah how stressful is that yeah and just the process generally so things you know like the anti-money laundering requirements and having to get id and you yeah. know it can take you a couple of weeks to get yeah. a client signed up and i was like what that's just bonkers yeah. like you said actually clients probably come to us because they're quite they're at a point of quite high stress yes so if we're then yeah. adding on to that like frustration and you know when you're stressed and you're not really thinking straight and everything's getting on your nerves and you know, mm. we need to actually be making that process easier to engage with, not adding to that already yeah. stressful state that you're in. Yeah, yeah. So you were talking about, you know, not having shared values with those companies that you mm. were kind of working as a contractor for. Yeah. And also when you were in an employed role, that, and it's really become important, I think, that you're you're all you're very aware of the values that you have and what you hold as important it does seem that the larger organizations that I've kind of encountered in the profession their main aim is to be big to grow big yeah and so I don't think they hope in hell really of keeping that engagement with individual clients yeah, and I think for some businesses, that experience is fine. Like they're happy with mm-hmm. the, the the very sort of ultra professional surface level relationship with their lawyers. Yeah, but perhaps they want big teams because they're big businesses and need big teams and need yeah. lots of people yeah. thinking about yeah. it. Right. So I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I think for I mean, you know small businesses make up the majority of the businesses within the UK. So there's a large proportion of businesses that Mm -hmm. are having or feeling like they're having to engage with these kinds of firms and not getting the kind of support or experience that they want because ultimately most of these businesses actually are quick thinking, are agile, are owner-managed, need that kind of legal support or, you know, business support, whether it's accountants or whatever. You know, they need that, that match of energy. Mm. so that yeah. so they're not engaging with legal advice because they're frustrated by the experience that they're having but actually they probably should be engaging with legal advice because mm. because they're at a critical point in their growth mm. you know and they're yeah. not doing it because they don't realize that actually there is an alternative you know I'm not suggesting that we as a firm or or similar businesses are right for everyone yes yes but I, I get think that yes yeah, yeah. A space for that more personalized human mm. quick thinking yeah. agile experience yeah. for people yeah yeah I, I really don't think that when you're a small business that you are going to engage with a law firm because it's a nice to have yeah exactly <laughs> you know your first in my experience most business owners micro business owners their first thought is oh my god how much is this going to cost yes exactly a hundred percent exactly and that actually ties in quite nicely to launch legal because that's a hundred percent why i 
and building Launch Legal because of the fact that there are a lot of startups, mm. micro business owners that yeah. can't afford to engage with mm. one-to-one legal advice mm. and actually probably don't really need it, but they need some level of support and some kind of signposting to the right places. And just these are the kinds of things you need to be thinking about if you're thinking about making this decision. You know, it's almost that extra level of thinking for them, you know, not knowing what how to protect your copyright. How do I really do that? It's the types of stuff you're Googling, right? So that was exactly why Launch Legal was born, really, was because there is that section mm. of the business. So know, Launch if... Legal is your new service? Yes, yeah. And and it's a free service? It will be free to start with, yeah. It will I be completely know. free, in part because I want to get that feedback from people to be certain that what I have built and I'm delivering is actually what is needed Um, I would much rather offer it for free and you know build what the business community needs and then start charging once I get a sense of what value people are getting out of it because for me it's not just going to be about the delivery of the training it's about building a community actually of business owners who you know are in it because they want to collaborate with each other and you know so yeah it's very it will be free initially whilst it's you know whilst it's taking its sort of final form yeah so what so what will clients get from it or or people who are not yet clients perhaps yeah so so it will be very much it's a training platform is how I'm describing it so it will be things there'll be 10 core subject areas covering things like terms and conditions why do I need them? Why are they important? What should I be looking out for when I'm reading them? What should I have in my own terms and conditions? What does this particular thing mean within in them? You know, do I need to have intellectual property rights in there? Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. And then things like, all right, I'm going to take on my first employee. What should I be thinking about? Or I'm using subcontractors. What's important here? What do I really need to understand about copyright law? You know, someone's using my trademark. What do I do about it? All of those questions that really business owners are asking at some point, probably within the first two years of starting that they're going to Google for ultimately. And then the plan will be to have template documents. So downloadable documentation that people can use, you know, an initial letter chasing an unpaid invoice, for example, Right, yeah. a standard set of terms and conditions for a service-based business, those kinds of things. So there won't be any bespoke one-to-one mm. legal advice, but mm. it's a space for people to get their legal compliance right, basically. So, you know, things like, what? why do I need a website policy? What's What do I need to really know about GDPR or data protection? Those kinds of things. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds really interesting, yeah. yeah. And, and how useful. Yes. Well, I hope so. That's all. My aim is always to try to serve. Right. So how can I take the expertise that I have or the network of experts that I have and help other people not at the very least fall down on those really basic things that they should be getting in place when they start up or prevent them from worrying about them? You know, yeah, because I because there is a you know, yes, we all Google, you know, what do I need for whatever and that kind of thing but but and maybe it's just me but I always think mm, can I trust this information yeah, yeah. and are you going down the right rabbit hole yes yeah. is the thing because it's like yeah. you could end up on one website but what website is it who's written it yeah. what are they saying to you and where is it then sending you after that yeah are you just going down a rabbit hole of 
you know way too much detail than you need to know yes. whereas launch legal will very much be very short two minute maximum yeah. videos answering each of the kind of key questions that people are asking about that core subject yeah with yeah. transcripts just in case people prefer to read over watch but yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. very much a case of the answer to your question as quickly and as efficiently as possible so that you mm -hmm. don't end up going down a rabbit hole and actually becoming more confused than you were when you started yeah 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 and actually that, that kind of just prompted my thought then that a bit like artificial intelligence mm. um people will be i guess going on to to ai and whatever one they're using you know write me terms and conditions mm. um but how do we know they're correct for this is our country you know that particular sector or whatever yeah or or you know does it have things in there that just aren't relevant to you or yeah. is there not enough detail in there but you're relying on it too heavily and mm. realize that it's not really protecting you in the way that your business runs mm. yeah yeah oh, you know it's great don't get me wrong ai is great for starting you off yeah. on things but yeah. i think it should never be used not yet anyway for the final product yeah I don't like the thought of it being used to the final product, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, so I had to play about with it for a contract review and it did an all right job, but mm. it definitely missed out some quite significant detail mm. on yeah. the contract that w it wasn't hugely detrimental, but ever so slightly changed the, mm. the meaning or the understanding of how it yeah. how it summarised that particular section. So, yeah, like I said, I think it's great for starting you off on things, but I'm not yeah. sure it should, at this point in time, really be used for the final. No, no. Final I think it's, you still want that human yeah. checking. Yeah. yeah, certainly if it's producing content or text for you. Mm. Yes. I, I've noticed, you know, it doesn't speak like I speak. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So outside of work then, yeah. Um, I know you've got family, got yeah. to do, um, two daughters, yeah. Yeah, and do you like to travel and go on holiday? And I know you've yeah. recently been on a great holiday. We have. We went on the Disney cruise, which people have asked me how yeah. it was, and I, the only way to describe it is exhausting and exhilarating. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can imagine it was Disney twenty four seven. You can't get bored on this cruise ship. Yeah, but sometimes. You almost want to be bored do you know what i mean <laughs> yes. you know yeah. it was a lot i think because it was our first experience we spent a lot of the time kind of figuring out where everything was how things worked mm. and i think if we went again that experience would probably be very different because we would know how things worked yeah, yeah it was phenomenal you know yeah. I, just yeah. absolutely incredible yeah 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 my, i took my daughter oh, i think she was about 10 or 11. Mm to disney in america years ago right well it is years ago she's 37 now <laughs> <laughs> and i think i enjoyed it more than she did really yeah so i, I came back yeah feeling exhilarated but also it, it was just magical yeah i mean there's nothing they don't think about no. isn't there isn't there a book called the the walt disney way or something like that and it's about how they deal with like the customer experience and right. what's important to them. And it's supposed yeah. to be a really good book. I can't profess to have read it, but it's no, no, amazing. No, no. And, uh, having experienced Disney, I think they're, yeah. they, there's nothing they don't think of. No, 
There was yeah. nothing that we wanted for that they couldn't deliver on. And I'm celiac, right? So I have to have gluten-free. And it was pretty much anything that you want, we can make it gluten-free. You just have to wait a little bit of time for it. So I was like, whoa, I'm going <laughs> to test this theory then. So <laughs> or anything, everything, wow. I could just have it as gluten-free. Yeah, it was it was Brilliant. pretty impressive, considering we were on a boat as well. Yes, yes. You know. Fantastic. And, and two girls you've got, I think. Yes. Yeah. So Ellie so... is nine and Matilda is seven. Yeah. yeah. And I guess they loved it too. <laughs> oh, amazing. I mean, let's be honest, when you're seven and nine and you can pretty much spend all day swimming yeah. whilst watching Disney films on a massive screen, I mean, what's not to love about that? And going <laughs> to the kids' club without your parents and, oh, you know, please yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, they lived their best life for four days for sure. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 So, so, Family life, I know it's always busy when you're a working mum and particularly running your own business. Do you have hobbies? Do you like to get out? Yeah, so I think my hobbies tend to be things that slow the pace or don't require my mental capacity Mm. hugely. So things like painting and yoga and you know, I like doing, I like going to, you know, jewellery making workshops and oh, yeah. the sort of the polar opposite of my day job. Yes, yes. Because, you know, I don't, I just spend a lot of time using my brain. Yeah. And sometimes I'd like to do something that just doesn't require it in the yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we spend a lot of time outdoors with the kids going for walks and, you know, just going to the park and being outside, I guess, a huge amount from. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love to be outside. Don't yeah. even mind if it's raining. You know, mm. it's just that sort of fresh air. Yeah. I remember really when we had lunch, you were talking about you actually really to just get out and yeah. um, do stuff outside. Yeah. 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 So tell me about the uh, MCing next week then. Yeah. So I don't know why. Where it's live. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely sure why, Jamie decided to ask me I've never co-hosted anything similar in my life I have no idea if I won't just completely fall to pieces however Jamie (laughs) saw something in me and felt that I was a suitable candidate to stand up there with him that day and support him with his event but to be honest with you I'm really excited about it and secretly I do quite fancy being a public speaker I've no idea what I would speak about quite frankly but I do quite fancy the idea and I think this would potentially be a nice way of testing that out you know how nervous am I going to be am I going to come across in the right way you you know I don't know it's really exciting I'm really excited because your podcasts are all you know always nice and relaxed Mm. engaging so I, I think you'll be great Fingers crossed. Ask me that on Tuesday morning. <laughs> <I'm> like crying because <laughs> it was awful. No, I think it will be fine. I think I will yeah. be worse than I am. That's typically what happens. I think we always think we're always so much more self-critical, aren't we? Yeah, than, yeah. Than One you. of the things I've learned is that when you are presenting, mm. you don't have to be word perfect, mm. and in fact, people will connect with you and engage with you feel that connection much better if you are human rather than yeah. so polished like a perhaps a, a news presenter on the, on the BBC like an auto cue type scenario. Yeah. yeah so I think people want to see the human mm. and years ago I remember uh, listening to someone about presentations and he said the best thing you can do is to trip up 
because oh, really? you trip up, the audience, although they might titter a bit, mm. actually feel that, oh, you know, they're human. Yeah, they're like you're not perfect either, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It can yeah. be a bit intimidating, I suppose, can't it? But yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about it. I think it's really? a great, great day of some brilliant yeah. speakers. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Sounds really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so what sort of clients do you work with you know what do you what's your kind of ideal client if there is one I think ideal clients is about their values I think that's the biggest thing for me is from a sort of client avatar perspective generally service-based businesses so you know we've we act for a, a handful of facilities maintenance companies we've got marketing agencies mm-hmm. don't tend to look after sort of wholesalers or retailers and that kind of thing yeah but then from a values perspective it's sort of you know owner managed quick thinking want to make a decision quickly want that personal relationship with their lawyer want Mm. a human being on the other end of the phone it's Mm. just open to a collaborative relationship rather than one where they are either intimidated by us or the opposite where they think they can be rude to us just because they're paying our bills you know I'm not up for that kind of relationship I'm no, no. up for just you're paying us and we are here to help you get yeah. the best out of the situation that you find yourself in yeah you yeah. know that's vital to me but yes so small businesses generally although I do look after some micro businesses and a couple of medium sized but right. I think the sweet spot is really the small business because they're at a they're at a certain yeah. size growth they value the ongoing relationship with their legal advisors yeah um, yeah and yeah just building that long-term relationship really yeah is one of the yeah things for me because we can help clients so much better when we understand their business and what it's like day to day rather than just dipping in and out at key points yeah. over five years for example yeah yeah because it's lonely isn't it a single you know business owner solopreneur or my business owner of a micro yeah. um and I think it's quite challenging to just to ring up a law firm yeah. and start to speak to a corporate yeah. type lawyer yeah it's much much better to kind of engage with somebody like yourself and have yeah. that ongoing relationship yeah and the assumption is that they'll be on the clock yes well, oh yes majority of my clients aren't hourly rate clients for that reason because I want them to phone me because they need to ask me a question not because they worry that phone call is going to cost them x amount of pounds they need to just pick up the phone to me or you know I've got clients who I do specific project work for and they just you know if they phone me and it's a five minute conversation I don't bother to charge for it because you know I record the time Mm -hmm. and I record the conversation but I don't bother to raise a bill because, it's, you know, what's it's the admin for me well, as much as it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, them worrying about being on the clock, you know, yeah. and especially if it's actually a question that they could probably find the answer to themselves if they just Googled it. Mm. You know, I don't know that I'm necessarily adding a huge amount of value other than ask, answering the question that they could have found yeah. themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I'm just not up for that whole sticking people on a clock thing. That's and, very different. That's very yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just don't, I don't want a client to ever receive a bill they weren't expecting mm. to be shocked by the bill when it does land. Mm. Like that's just, that just doesn't add to the relationship. It no. actually takes away from it. And yeah. I'm here for that. I'm here for long-term, sustainable, collaborative relationships with clients. And that's, yeah. you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot 
by doing that, I think. So is it like a subscription? Yeah, so some clients run a subscription. Some clients are specific project work, so things like terms and conditions reviews, drafting them, or you know, some kind of commercial contract they've received, service delivery agreements, that kind of thing. Mm. And then obviously we have clients who are on fixed fee debt recovery, you know, breach contract claims, that sort of thing. But even with those types of things, where possible, we do fixed fees for that kind of work. So often, particularly with dispute resolution it's often on the clock mm-hmm. well you know you can give a client a fee estimate but then you know it could just go out of the window whereas for us I would rather actually have taken the hit for the fact that we haven't priced it properly but have a happy client mm-hmm. versus turning around mm-hmm. to them and saying oh actually I know we quoted you five grand but now it's ten you know that's a big difference yes. um, yes. I think it's on me to make sure that I'm pricing it right not on you to pick up the mm. fact that I haven't priced it right. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't get that with a marketing agency, for example. A marketing agency, you go to and you say, right, I want this specific project done and they'll give you a fixed fee. Mm. Yeah. So why as lawyers can't we do that? Well, we can, we just don't want to because we want to basically, and, and ultimately it boils down to clients having to pay for lawyers' inefficiencies. And how is that right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so so generally, I, I, I do kind of typical lawyer answer, which is I do caveat that because I do have some clients that are on an hourly rate because they prefer it. Mm. But generally, we opt for fixed fees mm. for clients. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that's, we know a bit about your clients and about yourself. So what have you got planned for the rest of the year? Well, the rest of the year is really just more of the same it's continuing to build I think I when I first started this financial year I thought I wanted to achieve the same level of growth as I had between year one and year two but actually I feel like I want to stabilize that position because I'm sort of doing that typical business owning thing and going oh it was a fluke I'm not gonna be able to achieve that again and I kind of want to just be able to achieve that again just to make sure that what I was doing to achieve it was the right thing and wasn't a fluke and can be recreated and then scaled because I think it would be easy to get into the you know just got to keep growing and actually if I'm not ready to grow to that extent the house of cards could come falling down so I think I want to solidify the position so just keep the revenue nice and stable figure out things like the the long-term strategy you know Mm. business development how we uh, yeah get all our leads and that sort of thing and then obviously launch legal will hopefully be launched on the 1st of october all being well so that's mm-hmm. you know really key for building in the last yeah. quarter of the year so yeah so that's kind of it for this 12 months. i'm not taking any more projects on like i need to just stop coming up with all these <laughs> crazy ideas and thinking i've got time to do them <laughs> yeah it, it's funny really working with micro business no business owners of micro businesses mm. <laughs> um because we tend to I suppose we're trained aren't we in the media you know grow your business to you know six figures you know in in 12 months and yeah all those you know kind of 20 ways to whatever yeah. but actually I have experienced like coaching a client and she started to grow and get really busy and then on one of our meetings it was I'm not happy yeah I'm too busy. I don't see the boys, you know, all those kinds of things. I didn't start the business for this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. so not every business owner wants to be that you know multi-millionaire yeah no I think this is it this is it for me it's you know don't get me wrong if the business grew I just think I've been on such a journey yes having started the business I've learned so much I would just like to take some time to reflect mm. on that on what I've learned on on the good and the bad yes and how to then utilize that going forwards rather than just being like you know a freight train gotta grow mm. yeah wait hang on a second am I ready for that yeah. do I have the right skill set to really make that happen mm. so that I can guarantee the long-term success of the business because you hear of so many business owners that do grow exponentially too quickly and it all comes falling down because they weren't equipped for that level of growth. Mm. Well, I, I didn't start the business for it to fail. I started it because I wanted yeah. To, yeah. to have something long-term. So I think having reflected over the last couple of months, for me, this la- this next yeah. business year until May next year is very much about solidifying the position in the business. What, who do we want yeah. to serve? In what way are we doing the right thing? Are we getting our leads in the right way? Are we doing the right kind of marketing, the business development, you know, yes. long-term strategy going forwards, you know, year mm. three is that year. It's, you know, it's a year of reflection, I think, and yeah. forward thinking rather than, you know, got to do another 150% growth year two to three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard. It's, and can get harder if you mm. haven't thought it through. Yeah. And um, like you say, you can get drawn into this whole, I've got to get big. Do you? <laughs> yes. Like, exactly. No, no. Yeah. yeah. I, again, I didn't start the business so that I could be working 16 hour days. I started the business so I could have flexibility around my children. Yes. And, yeah. You know, that then potentially means that I might have to grow quicker or it's limited by how big it can be well you know what as long as I can pay the bills that's okay by me Mm, yeah and and, you know you I think we we often forget and I think sometimes particularly women we are pushed Mm. into this down this route of you know growth and actually we've often got two jobs Mm. yeah no, and I know your situation is a little bit different, but it is hard as a woman. You know, if your kidneys are ill, for yeah. instance, your focus is going to be slightly distracted yeah. on what's going on at home. If your husband's ill, you yeah. know, family. You have to Ill. reconfigure your day, don't you? You have yeah. to then go right. Okay, hang on. Right. Well, I was going to go into the office, but now I'm going to stay from home, and I can't do these meetings mm. because. You know, yeah. you have to redig everything, and like you say, you're mentally elsewhere as yes. well. And yeah. you know, that was exactly why I started the business. Really, was so that I could have that mm. flexibility. And yeah. you know, but it does take some practice. Yes, <laughs> you have to be flexible. Yeah, and be prepared to change. Yeah, yeah. You know what you were doing that day, or you know what you were doing that week, even. Yeah, um, I think that's one of the key things I've learned is actually nothing's ever done. <laughs> right nothing's ever quite finished and you've got to be I don't know if resilient is the right word right word but definitely flexible mm. and be prepared yeah. to change something last yeah. minute yeah I think resilience um, is, is a good word um, yeah. because there are going to be days when uh, and I've seen from your posts as well you know there are down days and there are up days and yeah days in the middle and then it all changes and yeah 
and then like, it can that can happen within a day as well right oh, gosh, you yeah. start the day off on cloud nine and then by the end of it you're like oh crap i don't not want to do this anymore this is not a game i want to play and then you wake up the next day and you're like oh no actually i do want to do this this is <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's it's you can go full circle within a day i think yes you can you yeah. Can, yeah. yeah yeah oh it's been brilliant to talk to you so how do we get in touch with you how do the listeners get in touch with you the there's probably two of the easiest ways which is obviously the website which is hooperhide.com and then linkedin just you know catherine hyde linkedin i think i've got a yellow background on my photograph on linkedin but Brilliant. typically you'll find me there yeah. yeah yeah that's fantastic thank you ever so much for uh, being our guest on the boardroom buddies podcast thank you for and for listeners press the subscribe button so you know when the next episode is as you know I like to have a, a lovely guest to chat to and I hope you've enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks everybody and look forward to hearing from you. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Do subscribe for more podcasts and it would be lovely if you shared it on your favourite podcast platform. If you have any questions or you would like to talk any more on the topic, then do connect with me on LinkedIn or email me on jax, that's J-A-X, at jackiecasey.consulting. And thanks for listening.